Alrighty, good morning everyone. Welcome to the Modcast. I'm your host Chris Perry with your co-host Tyler Bedson. Tyler, the age-old question. What kind of animal do you feel like right now? All right, so I've got a good one for today. I've got an actual viewer sent this in to me, and it is called the Hairy Frog. Okay. Also known as the Horror Frog. Okay. Because it breaks its own toes as a defense mechanism. The, oh, that... Okay, do they do it to like try to receive pity from their predator? I'm not really sure. Hold on, like... That's it's what it says it does. It has hairy frogs are known for which, which they use for defense. So basically, they break their own toes, which then make the bones stick out of their skin, and then they use them as retractable claws. Gee, that is metal as fuck. Yeah, and they're also of hair, which is hilarious. Like, look up a hairy frog; they just look stupid. <laughs> I've never. Again, I just want to know how instinctually this is what. Like they care, you know what I mean? Like hereditarily speaking, they pass this down and just like the moment fear arises somewhere in this frog's brain, it goes, I know exactly what to do. And it just starts snapping its fingers and using yeah, it. Like, turns into freaking Wolverine. It's like, all right, let's go. He's, oh, dude, these things look wild. Yeah. Somebody sent me a video of these the other day. And I was like astonished that these things existed. Dude, you could put that in a ponytail. That's wild. Yeah, it just breaks its toes. Just, that, you know. Again, like, how did it know to do that? It was like, I know exactly. And like all the other hairy frogs are like, what is he doing right now? It's funny because you look at these pictures and they look like tiny little teeth. But I guess like those are its bones. And it's just, you know, they're protruding out of their toes now. And they're just like, all right, I'm going to slice you. The, uh, I, well, okay. I would hate to run into one, to say the least. Yeah, I wouldn't really be happy to be like, you know, sliced by a hairy frog. I mean, it would be a crazy story, though. Like, can you imagine you're just like out at dinner and someone's like, what's that scarf from? And you're like, a hairy frog. Well, that's the thing. Imagine you're just on a trail and you see a frog and it has hair and you're like, oh, wow, that's so cool. It has hair. And then you approach it and it just like starts breaking its toes and attacks you. (laughs) That's far more traumatic than the salamander. Far more. Yes. Yes. These are, you know, some of these creatures that we're learning about i just am just amazed that these actually exist i am too i am too i i've got one that was also sent in by uh, a listener i don't know who it was because it was on an anonymous q a as we get to watch how entertaining mine are um i feel like an aa it's a y e hyphen a y e look him up it is a long fingered lemur I think it's pronounced I-I. I-I? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I've seen these before. They look crazy, man. It's a long-fingered lemur. That's how I feel in between my manicure sessions. Is the world's largest nocturnal primate. Yeah, it sounds like you. Yeah, it does sound like me. See, all these things just relate to you. What's <laughs> I-I pronounced? Okay, hold on. I got a video right here. Yeah, I probably mis- mispronounced that. I'm sorry, guys. I, I. It's yeah. I, I. I, I. You are correct. I apologize, guys. I, I apologize. The A, A. Oh, man. Um, they eat fruit, leaves, uh, insects, small birds, and eggs. 
Yeah, I'd be really pissed if I was a bird and I just, you know, got caught by an eye-eye. Bro, these things look like straight-up crackheads. If they, like when they're, The pictures of them looking straight into the camera, they look like they're on meth. Yeah. That's fitting. That's fitting. Yeah, they look like they're like on drugs for real. Like this one right here just looks like a mixture of like a possum and a raccoon. <laughs> Which are both things that I often feel like. It's, it looks like a mutt of like species. Like it looks like a bat, a raccoon, and a possum like at some point mated and made this. And then like three generations of inbreeding. Yeah, seriously, man. This thing doesn't look like it was like meant to be alive. No, they they are the, clearly the menace of the jungle. They are yeah. like the the dumpster trash of the jungle. So, makes sense. Um, right. I appreciate whoever threw that in there. It means a lot to me. <laughs> um, so, Tyler, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about the divisions in bodybuilding. Um, all about how they differ, which one you should do, how you decide, um, the training, and how that can change based on which one you choose. Um, some opening statements on this. I think the biggest important thing, I always get people that message me, you know, I do those question boxes, and it's like, what division do you think I'd be best for? Well, here's the thing. You never really know until you try. Yep. You know, and it, it's crazy. I tell people, like, work with me for a year first, and then we can kind of decide. We may start off thinking, oh, your bikini or your wellness or your figure, and we could decide closer to show, oh, well, you're definitely only figure, or, you know, bikinis where you fit. So what I encourage my clients to do is I can kind of tell from when they start with me where they may fit in, and we may design their training and nutrition to go towards what their main goal is. Mm -hmm. But over time, that may change. You know, so I've had people start with me and they wanted to do wellness. Like, for example, Laura, whenever we started her her last prep before she went pro, our main goal was wellness. We we're like, oh, she's definitely wellness. And as we kept going through prep, her legs kept getting leaner and leaner. Her quads were a strong point. She had a decent upper body. And we decided to try figure as well. Yeah. Well, then we did that. And you know where she became pro in? Figure. Yeah. Yeah. So... I would always say with division, go where your body fits best. Yeah, I think ultimately it's good to have a general idea of what class you, one, you enjoy, right? But also beyond that, being prepared as we want to be competitive athletes to potentially have to fit the mold of a different division as your body continues to change and adapt. Like when I first got into this, there was only men's physique and open bodybuilding. So I was going to do men's physique and then classic came out. And I liked that idea a lot better because at that point my legs were still predominantly the strongest muscle group on my body. And so it's just been for me bringing up everything to match it. So I was already kind of had that gap filled and now I could never even begin to remotely fit men's physique, right? Like it just doesn't work. But at a regional level, there, there is in certain regards some opportunity to cross over into divisions and try out a couple of them to kind of see where you where you fit and where, what you like and also where the judges like to see you. Because ultimately, you want to go where the judges want you to be yep. if your goal is to go very far in the sport. So common crossovers for, for men's divisions, in my opinion, is you tend to see guys either cross from classic physique into bodybuilding or classic physique into men's physique. Yep. That's really, it's one or the other. You do not see somebody going from men's physique to open bodybuilding or very rarely, I think I know one person who's done all three. 
and they are yeah. just a genetic anomaly. I've had I've had two that have been able to do all three, and that was Cody Nolan. Yep. Cody Nolan was one where he was doing men's physique. He could do bodybuilding and he could do classic. And then I have Aaron Rose coming up at Kentucky Open who's doing all three. Because he's a freak. Um, yeah. It's very few people fit that mold. But it's the, the key here is going up there to do all the divisions you can do, especially your first time, mm -hmm. to get your judges feedback. Yep. Because it would suck to, you know, only do one division and then they tell you, well, you know, you would have did a bun better in bikini. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, cause I've, I have a lot of girls and they'll be like, I want to do wellness. And I'm like, okay, well that's great, but you don't have any quads. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so, like, I, I just saw this weekend, for example, one of my friends, uh, she's coached by Brandon Cooper, Tori Newman. She was doing a show and she's like very evidently meant to be in wellness. Like she fits the division perfectly. She looks incredible. And because of how the show was ran, she actually, it was her first show. She actually missed her wellness classes. So she had to go do bikini. And so she quickly learned the poses and ended up splitting center in both of her classes. So yep. it's a prime example of just like, she also had to do what she had to do, you know, in poor circumstances and still was able to, to adapt and make it work. Yeah. I think the, the one thing is I would tell every competitor new or veteran is be open-minded on what you do and listen to your coach and the judges. Like, I have a very good eye at this point of doing this for so long to tell somebody where they may belong. And sometimes I'll tell people, Hey, we should try both of these classes. Mm -hmm. I've had, you know, I've had people when we prepped the entire time and, you know, we had only planned on doing figure and I'm like, have you ever thought about doing women's physique Yeah, as yeah. well? And then I'll enter them in women's physique as well. And, you know, all of a sudden they, they found their new division. they the judges give them the greatest feedback yep. and it's super cool to see. So I would say be open to it, especially if you, if you can afford to do multiple divisions your first time and just see where you fall in like there's nothing wrong with doing wellness and bikini and then you know no some people might get completely blasted in wellness and then bikini they do you know they get first place yeah um, i had audra Rowe, for example in her first show we did wellness and that was our main goal and she did bikini well yeah. you know she won first in her wellness class and then she got second in her bikini class and only lost against the overall winner yeah and her feedback was basically like, you can do either. Like, it's really your choice. Like, you may have to grow a little bit more for wellness, but for bikini, you're right where you need to be. Yeah. And the judge's feedback kind of tells you that. And you can get that feedback. And then you can go and base how you do your training off of what your feedback is. Mm -hmm. What would you say, from a female perspective, the divisions, what would you say are pretty standard uh, crossover divisions. In my opinion, it's bikini and wellness. You can kind of cross over at a regional level and then figure in women's physique. But what are your, what are your thoughts? I, I'd say we, we go in order here. So bikini is probably the least muscular, you know, mm -hmm. more slender. Um, you need less quads, more streamlined physique and, you know, balance from top to bottom. Um, wellness, you know, you need more proportions on the lower end so you need more glutes hamstrings and a little bit less upper body so you want to have kind of a a bigger lower body than an upper body yep. and then figure it's more muscular so an even amount of legs to um upper body then mm -hmm. women's physique and bodybuilding you get more muscular and more defined so i'd say pretty much in each division if you you can go one to another so you know bikini and wellness can be interchanged wellness and figure you know you could compete in both of those um figure to women's physique women's physique to bodybuilding 
yeah. you know, vice versa. So I think as long as you're going in those incremental stages, it's worth trying. But, you know, you, you will probably wouldn't want to do something like bikini to women's physique. Yes. Yeah. Or bikini to figure. But, you you know, you could do bikini to wellness. Wellness to figure, like I said. Yeah. Yeah. Because those, those classes definitely – the, the transition point from wellness to figure and then figure and up the muscularity yeah. and, and hardness does change pretty drastically from bikini and wellness. Those are kind of in the same wheelhouse. It's just to what a lot of people, and we'll, we'll break down each division a little bit more. It, it really comes down to like genetic predispositions and it, especially like wellness and figure to me are probably the two divisions that rely the most on structural like how you're built structurally like your genetic predispositions to it like wellness is meant for centaurs is how i describe it you know what i mean like there's a particular look and this is also why i recommend going to whatever state you're in going to npc seminars because each state holds seminars every year numerous ones throughout the year you can go on whatever uh Let's say like for me, NPC Tennessee, you literally look up in Google search NPC Tennessee and it'll take you to their website. It'll give you a list of all of their seminars. It also gives you all the contact information of the president and everything else. And you can go to these seminars and they break down each division. They actually have pros come in and pose for each division and they break down exactly what they want to see. So that gives you an opportunity even before you start a prep, go to one of these and and just kind of be a sponge, soak up as much information as you can, and then ask as many questions as you can. Yeah. Because um, like we said, we want obviously the point of this is to have fun, but you also have to have there's a balance of having fun and also being the most competitive you can be, which obviously winning is a lot more fun too. So if you're if if let's say wellness really excites you and you want to do wellness, but right now you're more designed for bikini, try out both in your first show. And if you like the posing for wellness, let's say, you might just have to take a longer off season and just grow yeah. your legs a little bit more, right? Yeah, that's that's the truth, man. It's like, you know, go try it out and learn from doing it. That, that's the thing. Like, for example, I like to use myself in this. You know, I did a, at my last show, Classic was, you know, it just came out recently. And I decided to give classic a try as well as bodybuilding just to do it. Like might as well. I was like, I, I can make the weight. Let me see how I stack up. Well, in my classic class, I got my ass kicked, but in my bodybuilding class, I won my class and I did pretty well in the overall. Well, my feedback from the judges was stick with bodybuilding. you you belong in bodybuilding. And I, I, I was okay with that. So now my main goal is to grow as much size as possible and continuously train with that in mind. I no longer have to try to stay a certain weight yeah. to make a classic weight cap. Yep, yep. So I'm able to get as big as I possibly want. Yeah. So let's you want to break down all the the men's divisions and kind of what they're looking for and then so, we'll do women's and then kind of go through training for each. Yeah, let's do it in like super we'll do it super layman's terms so anybody that's you know might just be getting into this too. So men's physique is based on just your upper body they do not judge your legs so you're actually wearing board shorts which are basically like swimming trunks Mm -hmm. Um, and they are judging you on your shoulders back arms abs chest so everything everything that you would see in like a beach body yeah you want to look like a dorito upside down dorito you want to have a really great v taper you want to have a great V taper, small waist, uh, shredded obliques and abs, um, big chest, full arms, full shoulders, wide back. 
Mm-hmm. So that's what they're looking for there. And you want to make sure that you're focused on only that upper body because that's what you're trying to show. And you're trying to show off how small your waist is as well with your posing. Yeah. Then so a lot about conditioning to, too. Conditioning and condition, hardness is big. Conditioning is huge there. You got to be absolutely conditioned. They don't want like graininess though. So you don't want to be like, I would say there's a, there's a point where you can be like too vascular, too veiny, too hard. Mm-hmm. But conditioning is still key there. It's crazy, man, because some of the men's physique guys are actually like some of the biggest people on stage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're gigantic. They're, they're actually like some guys that can't make classic weight because they are so big. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I mean, like you think of somebody like Aaron Banks. There's, there's no way that guy's making his classic weight. Yeah. You're, you're, you, I've seen it too, man. Like I, one of my buddies, Rico Winston, he went pro in 2018 and he was going to try to get down to classic weight. And he was like at peeled was still 25 pounds over stage weight for classic, like men's physique guys, especially at like a national and pro level. People don't understand how huge these guys are because they don't have a weight cap. Yeah. My question also, you got to think about it is you can win these classes being small. Like, oh, for sure. I, I know some of these men's physique guys that have the greatest shape ever in their winning shows, but you know they're like one fifty five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it it is a game too. Like people don't realize, like like with any division, it's not well well even with bodybuilding. Let me take that back. It's not always just about size. Not anymore, yeah. right? So that's men's physique. Obviously, predominantly with training, you're looking at mostly upper body. Obviously, leg training is still important as it is a lot of caloric expenditure, which I think is important in that case because kind of how I've trained my men's physique guys is we still train our legs, but it's a little bit more volume-based and Mm -hmm. higher intensity with lower rest periods, basically just to try to burn as many calories as we can, right? Um, But where it's usually one – I have my guys usually do one leg session a week for my men's physique guys, just like a full leg day. So that's how, that's how I like to do things. I'll do like a four upper days, one lower, mm-hmm. um, my lower day will, you know, have quads, hamstrings, all of that in there. Mm-hmm. And I make them do, you know, one compound movement for both, uh, quads and hamstrings. Then I have them do more accessory movements, yep. but you know, majority of the training days are upper body days. So, you know, I have, you know, probably two chest days, two chest shoulder try days and two back days, one for back thickness and one for back width. Mm-hmm. You don't have biceps normally in there with them and rear delts. Yep, yep. And then I'm doing abs. Usually it's like two on, one off, or it's mm-hmm. three on, one off, just depending on what they need. So um, that's pretty general overlook of men's physique. Kind of taking a step up is going into classic physique. Um, so with classic physique, obviously it's kind of trying to pay ode to, you know, 70s and 80s bodybuilding. So obviously size is important, but it's, it is, it is in my opinion, probably the most structurally important division as far as like your structure really dictates kind of where your placing will land. Um, so they're looking head to toe at proportion symmetry. Conditioning is equally as important. Size is still important, but you do have a weight cap with your height. So for me, I'm six foot one. I can only weigh up to 220 pounds on stage, um, yep. which is big. And I obviously have not even begun to get close to my weight cap. Um, and it's a lot about posing too. Um, so it's kind of, I would say, the most, what's the word? I don't want to say it's the most popular division, but it is getting the most attention right now because it's a little, yeah. little bit more accessible to most people, but still at the highest level, it is probably one of the more competitive divisions as a whole because you have to be very well-rounded. Um, so with, 
and there's, you know, with the training and everything else too, obviously it's more dependent on where you're weakest and what needs to come up. So for me, I run a modified push-pull leg split. So I do like chest shoulders and then I'll do back biceps. I'll do legs, take a rest day, and then I'll do another chest day, but it's actually predominantly shoulders and arms as those are a weak point. I'll do a back thickness day and then I'll have another leg day and then I take a day off, right? So I do three on one off. Um, but it's obviously tailored to what my weak points are in that. Yep. So for like my classic guys, it's like you said, it's tailored to what they're really trying to improve on. But majority of it, I'll have, you know, three upper days and two leg days. Yeah. And I will do, you know, more of a traditional bro like split for this is what I like to call it. Still, I think that's the best term for it is, you know, Monday uh, chest, shoulders, tries Tuesday quads with um, calves. Uh, Wednesday maybe is an off day. Then Thursday we do, um, you know, back and biceps. Friday, um, another like chest, chest, maybe shoulders and tries type day, depending on where their weak points are. And then Saturday we'll do more hamstrings and glutes. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday have another day off. Well, you know, we have those two chest days in there. Maybe if they have a weaker chest, but I may switch one of those that second chest day to more of an arm day or by or a back day if they need more back you know we can kind of use it as a swing day based on what we need to improve on yeah yeah and and also with that too we kind of accidentally skipped over it classic physique you're wearing of course the trunks have gotten shorter and shorter and shorter originally you were basically wearing spandex shorts now you're kind of wearing thicker almost open bodybuilding trunks um as far as the level of conditioning goes, what it's turned into now, we're kind of looking at middleweight bodybuilding is kind of the level of hardness and conditioning they're looking for. Obviously, the posing is just a little bit different. Our poses aren't the same as bodybuilding, um, but you have your just less poses. Yeah, there are less poses. You don't have a front and back lat spread. You don't have a most muscular and you don't have a side tricep, but we do have a favorite classic pose, which is basically whatever your favorite pose is. Um and then transitioning a step up, we go into bodybuilding. Yeah, I can talk obviously. Bodybuilding up at that level, you know, is considered the most muscle with the best conditioning. So you want to combine symmetry with muscularity with the best conditioning you can possibly bring. So for this, you're you're wearing just basically bodybuilding trunks, which are like a a, a men's bikini, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very, it's going to show off more glutes. It's going to show off more of the upper detail in the legs with the adductors and the abductors. So you're going to be showing everything. Um, so it's very important to have the complete look from top to bottom. And then you're adding in those extra poses. So we, you know, we have the lat spread front and back lat spread. We have the side triceps. So you're having to show off your tricep as well. And then we have the most muscular, which of course is a pose where you're trying to show off all the muscle you have and look as big and complete as possible. So very important here to have a very complete physique from top to bottom. We want big everything and you want to be more of an X shape as I would call it. Mm -hmm. Well, you're, and you're looking too, man, like especially nowadays, like bodybuilding is like for the freaks of the freaks, right? Like you are looking for a level of muscularity and hardness and size that is just like, it's beyond impressive in its own right. But you're, you want to look as gnarly as possible, right? Obviously you still want to have as small of a waist as you can. Um, 
obviously we've moved past. We finally swung back in this sport to not necessarily focusing purely on mass to the point where bellies are getting distended. But now it's you're still trying to be a, just a behemoth of a human as conditioned and gnarly as you can. So you're looking at like 4% body fat potentially or even lower than that and just big as a house. Um, and then obviously there are weight divisions within that as well. Um, but predominantly the what we tend to see the most of as an audience is you tend to look at the like – we, we always look at super heavyweight bodybuilding as the class that most of us notice, but there are divisions from lightweight all the way up. So you can still be competitive against a more fair group of peers, if that makes sense, right? Like if, if you know, you're 180 pounds, that puts you in what, light heavies? Yeah, so light, so we have, I'll go through each class real quick. Yeah. Lightweight is... Um... You're capping out and you can weigh at one well, bantam weight. I'm forgetting bantam weight. That's rude. Bantam weight is 145 and below, I believe. Lightweight caps out between 154 or 145 and 154. And then welterweight, I believe, is around 154 to 164. Uh, Middleweight is 164 to 176, I believe. Yep. Then you have light heavyweight, which is probably the biggest class, which is 176 to 198. Yep. And you have heavyweight, which is 198 to 224 and a half. And then you have super heavyweight, which is everything over 224 and a half. Those are, I think, based off my top of my head, those are right where it's at. Yeah, you're, you're right on the money. Um, so you can be like, you like, you know, we've talked about it, like you can go into a show and if you're 180 pounds, you're going to be in light heavyweight. You're going to be against people who are 176 to 198 on weigh-in day. And if you win your class, then you're going up against everybody who's won their classes too. And I've seen it ample times. You can, that doesn't necessarily mean you can't win the whole show. Like we look at like a Sean Clarita, for example, winning open bodybuilding shows at 160 pounds, beating guys who are 260. So that should also be something that doesn't discourage you from competing. You don't have to be a super, super heavyweight mass monster to start bodybuilding or competing in yeah. bodybuilding if that's where you want to be. If your coach thinks you're ready and you can be ready, you could be a middleweight bodybuilder and go and win your middleweight class and then go potentially win the overall, you know? My, my thing is if anybody wants to start bodybuilding, I will tell you, get ready to get to uncomfortable weights to get the size on. Like yeah. I'm 5'4", and naturally I'm only supposed to be like 155 pounds or something like that. Mm-hmm. I get up to like 210, 215. Yeah. And for your body to get up to those weights, it does not like it. <laughs> for so, and- and part of why I'm still in classic is because, you know, my weight cap for classic is 220. You know, I usually get up to about 245, 250 in the off season, which is about as uncomfortable. Well, I mean, I'm uncomfortable. It gets better every time, but it's still pretty uncomfortable. But for me to be a competitive bodybuilder at my height class, I would have to step on stage at probably 250, which means I'd probably have to be closer to 300 in the off season. And that's not something that I want to do. So that's part of why I choose to stick in classic just because I don't have the necessary muscularity to be competitive as an, a super heavyweight bodybuilder. And I don't necessarily know that I want to go to those ends to fill that criteria that way where I fit, I fit classic. I'm meant for classic, you know? Yeah. That's the thing is fall in where you fall in, you know, don't try to push into another division if your body's not going to allow it. This is, it's all genetic space. Let's be honest. You know, it, it's your body and your parents are going your parents are going to play a huge role in what you can do yeah um, so f- 
fall in where you fall in and, and, and love it. That, that's what I'll say to anybody. You know, if your body is built for bikini, stay with bikini. Mm-hmm. If your body allows you to put on muscle where you can do figure, do figure and, yeah. and learn to love the division. They're all great divisions. Yeah. It's all fun. And, and like, I, like we've said before, like ultimately if you love to compete for, I mean, if you want to win, which I think all of us want to, you, you want to pick the division that's going to allow the most opportunity to get you there because obviously prep is a very daunting task and to lose like to go through all of that and at the end of the tunnel lose just because you want to do division that you don't quite fit isn't the most responsible thing or it's not the wisest decision in my opinion right to each their own but obviously this is something that you consult with your coach with right like i've got girls who've i've got a, a girl who just started with me recently who i she you know we talked on her consultation call and we're going to go through an off season first to kind of see where she lands and she's interested in bikini, but I told her just based on her muscularity now with how little she's eating and how quickly she's already growing, hey, we might be looking at figure and women's physique just yep. because she's a very she's very muscular and she's got the structure for figure and we haven't even started really pushing food. So I'm like, if you grow at the rate that I think you're going to, you know, you might end up there. Like, for example, like Laura's girl, Claire, like... If Claire does more than one upper body session a week, she's going to end up in figure really quick, yeah. right? Thing, she's, man. It's like, she's a genetic anomaly, right? Where she's yes, a wellness girl, but they could be in figure. Yeah, that's a fact. You know, it's just like we, we've we had girls and it's like they'll be planning on one division and then we'll be like, how about we go and try the poses for, you know, another? And that, that reminds me of Laura's girl, Savannah, as well, because Savannah was planning on doing wellness at first and then... She came over one day for some posing and mentioned to Laura, like, can we try figure poses? And they tried figure poses and it was like, oh my God. Yeah. And she went and did um figure at the Peach Classics at Gillen show, one overall. Yeah. Yeah. And they loved her. Like they were like, You are like exactly what we want in figure, like your shape fits everything. Basically told her to go straight to nationals. But you never know until you try try out the poses. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. So let's let's break down each of the divisions for the female side of things and kind yeah. of briefly explain so, training. Let's start with, uh, of course, we'll start with bikini, mm-hmm. which I'm pulling this exactly from the MPC website. So bikini, the criteria that they're looking for for bikini athletes is a foundation of muscle, which gives shape to the female body. So we're looking for full round glutes with slight separation between the hamstring and glute area and a small amount of roundness in the delts. Then we're looking at the core. We want a conditioned core with not too much abs, but a streamlined physique. And then they are judging you on your overall look, which includes your hair, makeup, suit, and tan. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, a, it, I will say a lot of people underestimate bikini. It is actually a very, in my opinion, it is a very, as a coach, it can be a very difficult division to fit an athlete into because it is a lot of subtle nuances, like very finite details that go into this division, right? Like they are, I mean, they're, splitting hairs looking at these girls and what it takes to win. And I think a lot of the shows judge based on what comes to the show. So like if you have a lot of girls that are slender, skinnier girls, they're going to have to judge on what shows up. Um, So I I think that's why the judging differentiates quite a bit from region to region because Mm -hmm. of it's hard to get. Not everybody is built for bikini. Yep. It's, you know, some people have it. Some people don't. 
it is a very genetically based class in my opinion you have to have you know the overall look and i think some people end up growing into a different class because it just fits better for them they don't fit the mold of bikini mm -hmm. so one thing i will say I, I have some girls for bikini and i have to straight up tell them like hey we won't be able to train glutes at all anymore or quads because you get too big and we'll outgrow this class so with bikini, I think it's, you know, you've got to accept that you may not be able to train as hard or put on as much muscle as you may want if you're one of those that can put on muscle extremely fast. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a very it's a, I, I, I've grown to admire the, the division more and more and more and understanding it as a coach because it is not as simple as people think it is. Right. And like you said, it, it, it is somewhat a probability game because your look might fit the criteria ideally, but it does depend on what your peers show up and look like as well. So that's why we also recommend usually picking out a couple shows in a season. Yeah. So you're able to potentially adjust or, you know, just get, you know, go back out there and get more stage time in a different show and see if they like your look better there. Right. Yeah. So then taking a step up, we're looking at wellness. Obviously, wellness is going to be a lot more muscularity, especially through the lower half of the body. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, I kind of originally when the division came out, to me, this is kind of the, not analogy, but this is the way I looked at it. it. It tends to fit what figure used to be for like a shorter figure girl who just couldn't get her legs separated enough, mm -hmm. right? That's kind of the way that I look at the division from a muscularity standpoint. Like you have to have, you have to be very leg dominant, very glute and hamstring dominant as well. Conditioning's a little bit harder. Um, if you want to break down actually like verbatim what the, the criteria is. Yeah, so it's pretty much what you said. The division is for females with an athletic physique that show, showcase more body mass in the hips, glutes, and thigh areas. The upper bodies develop, but not to the same degree as a lower body. So you actually want to be disproportionate. Yes, yeah, yep. Which, and again, so it's a lot of like when it comes to the training side of things, obviously my wellness girls usually are doing three or three and a half leg days a week, depending on their recover, like what they can recover from. And they're doing, you know, from an upper body standpoint, obviously they're doing a back day, but I usually do back and hamstrings together. That's the half leg day. And then there's obviously uh, a good amount of shoulder work. They're not doing a lot of direct arm isolation or chest isolation. We're not trying to get like a massive back. Like you said, it's, we're trying to be disproportionately lower body dominant and then have good that's shoulders right. as well. That's the thing. I'm not really pushing like heavy weights with the upper body. I'm no. doing more like volume work with upper body. So, you know, sets of 15 to 20 with lighter weight on shoulders. Uh, I'm not trying to hit PRs on shoulder presses with wellness athletes. No. Um, and then of course there are more leg days or more glute days. So we're putting an emphasis on glutes, quads, hamstrings here. Mm -hmm. And, that could mean, you know, two to three leg days a week. But like you said, it really depends on recovery yep. and how fast they develop with these things. Um, so like I may put somebody at like, if they really need more quads, I may do two more, two quad days and one hamstring glute day, or I may do the opposite. If they don't have enough glutes, I may do two glute days mm -hmm. and a one quad day. So it really depends on the individual athlete with that. Yep. Yep. And then we take a, a step up in muscularity and conditioning, and then we move into figure. Um, if you want to break that down, cause you, you've turned ladies pro in figure. So you are the expert in this. 
Yeah, figure is a very fun division. I feel like if you if you can put on muscle mass and you don't mind, you know, being a very well-defined physique, I think figure is very feminine if you let it be. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of girls get scared to do because they think it's too muscular. But if you see a figure girl in person, they're tiny. Yeah. Like they're like if you ever seen Sid Gillen, who's Miss Figure Olympia, she's very small. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the criteria for judging this is muscularity. Okay, here we should go. An overall balance of muscular development, which includes rounded delts, sweep to the quads, back depth and width, and emphasis on balance and symmetry. There's a small amount of muscle separation. They're looking for a nice V taper. So tight glutes, the separation between the hamstring and glute area and balance between the upper and lower body. So you want to be about equivalent between upper and lower. You don't want to be disproportionate. Yep. And then for conditioning, we aren't looking for striations or graininess. They're looking for muscular thickness. They're not looking for muscular thickness associated with women's physique. They're looking more for a well-defined level of conditioning. So slight cuts in the legs, no glute striations. You know, you want to avoid that. I've had some girls that can get so lean where I've had to be like back off because it starts getting into women's physique. Yep. Yep. And then, so basically the way to look at this and we should give examples of each, which we will, but just look up Laura Betson on Instagram and look at her stage shots. That's what they're looking for basically because yeah. she turned pro. Um, and then we take another step up in muscularity and conditioning and we go into women's physique. Yes. And women's physique, we're getting into the most muscular classes. So this is basically like you're getting into poses that are more, um, you know, they've got a front double bicep, a back double bicep and a side chest. So you're looking to be able to show off more separation. There are slight striations able to be allowed here. Conditioning is key. Yes. As well as symmetry from upper and lower body. Yeah. So. And then you don't wear heels in this class. It's also something important to know. Like, yeah, I, I know some females want to come to me and they're like, I don't want to do a class with heels. Well, you might want to look into women's physique. Yep. So, and then a step up from there. And the final step is women's bodybuilding, which is basically just bigger women's physique. You are yes. able to put as much muscle on as possible here. There is such a thing as too big for women's physique, which if you compare a women's bodybuilder to a women's physique athlete, you will see the difference. And then you throw in extra poses here. So you do have a side chest here as well. You have a lat spread, you have all the bo actual bodybuilding poses. So, if we want to compare them to like men's classes, women's physique is kind of like classic physique and mm -hmm. women's bodybuilding is comparable to men's bodybuilding. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, do you want to kind of go through each division and give an example from a like amateur level and then a professional level of each one? Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of an amateur level for bikini that I know off the top of my head. Um, I have, I, a gr I mean, I have a girl, Mackenzie Sawyer. Um, she, like I said, we're, we're working through our prep together, but she did a show last year. I think she very much fits the division very, very well. Um, but obviously I'm going to brag very highly of my girls. Um, yeah. and then I don't know of one, truthfully, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to pro. I know all the pros, what they're looking for right now are Jennifer Dory and Lori Lee Chapados. Okay. Those are probably your top two right now. One won the Olympia, one won the Arnold. Uh, so yeah, so yeah. that's, that's what they're looking for. And that's what you should try to do. Uh, if you were a bikini girl, follow them, look at what they do, look at how they pose. That is a good way to get better. Um, like I, I told my, one of my bikini girls, Sheila Velasco, that's a good, um, regional level athlete. She got seventh at nationals, which was her first time doing nationals. So that's a good one to look at. Um, if you're trying to 
I told her to look at those two girls and that's who she follows. That's who she tries to mimic her posing after. Yeah. Yeah. And who would you say for, for wellness at a wellness? Um, if we're looking at an NPC athlete, I would say, um, somebody that's not pro yet would be like, uh, it's not pro yet. I'm trying to think. I've got a friend, uh, Kendra Meringer. Sorry, Kendra. Uh, Yeah, she's, I know who that is. Yeah, she's got a good shape for it. You know, she's on, she's got a good lower body and she's not too big up top. Yeah. And then for uh, the pro level, you're looking at Franciel Matos. Um, That's probably the number one you want to look at. That is the Olympia winner. That's who they are comparing everybody to, to get their pro card. If you have a similar structure to her, you are on the right track. Yep. Who would you say for for figure? Well, for figure, what you're looking at, um, trying to think. One girl that's coming up that actually Laura has that's pretty good. Uh, that's got a great figure shape is Jasmine Metcalf. Okay, um, that was somebody I would look at. She's got yes. yeah, a yeah. lot of balance there. And then, um, of course, the pro level. If you want to just go look at Laura, mm-hmm. she's got a great shape for it. And then the the top of the top pro level is um, Sid Gillen. And then mm-hmm. followed by her would be Jessica Reyes Padilla. Yep. And then uh, women's physique. Women's physique at a regional level. A lot of these girls become pro because there are not a lot of women's physique people yeah. left. I feel like yep. I feel like if you're really serious about women's physique and you can nail it, um, that that's that's a one that you don't see as many girls doing it, man. I think it's because it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Regional level, um, it's, well, I would say there's one that just became pro was an old client of mine, Liv Looper. Yeah, you know, conditioning level she brought and the symmetry she brought is pretty good. And then at the pro level, it'd be Sarah Villegas and um, Natalia Coelho. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then women's bodybuilding. This is going to be even fewer. Yeah. Um, so I don't know anybody at the regional level right now, man, that's actually doing it because it's so hard. It's very rare to see a women's bodybuilder, but some good ones at the pro level that you could look at would be Donna Salib, who's out of Louisville. Mm-hmm. She uh, is Olympia qualified. And then Miss O Olympia, Andrea Shaw. Yes. Incredible physique. Yeah. Those, those are who look at, uh, you know, Donna's one that's like, she's on the shorter side but she you know she wins pro shows and then andrea is a gigantic woman yeah like she makes some of the men's bodybuilders look small <laughs> yeah so that's kind of a rundown of some examples of people to look at i will include their names in our description of this and in their instagrams um we have five minutes left so let's knock out men's as quick as we can okay men's physique Men's physique. Okay, so a regional level guy that I have coming up right now would be uh, Malcolm Jones. He yep. he really fits the description well, in my opinion. And then pro level, I would say um, clinical labs athlete Ben Quilmerini. And yes. then I would look at somebody like Aaron Banks, who is you know Aaron Banks and Brandon Hendrickson are probably your your top guys. Yep. At the pro level. Yep. Classic physique. Classic physique. I mean, you can look at you right here for classic physique. Um, oh you would fit the the description very well what they're looking for um austin brown of course is another one mm-hmm. and then um i'm being biased as hell there you know because <laughs> yeah. but uh, and then at the pro level of course you want to look at chris bumstead and terrence ruffin yep yep and then uh men's bodybuilding i mean we have men's bodybuilding um so at the regional level i would look at somebody like seth markham he's coming mm-hmm. coming up or uh jagger holbrook's another one i've been watching come up um 
And then at the pro level, of course, you want to look at Big Rami. Um, you want to look at some of the ones from the past too, like Jay Cutler, um, two twelve guys. I would say you want to look at um, Sean Clarita, Derek Lunsford. Yep, those are probably well. Um, you saying Derek Lunsford? Um, it looks like we have. There you are. You're back. I think you were back. Now you're not. Are you back? You there? Well, I think Chris disconnected. No, you disconnected. Again. You no. disconnected. Nah, dude, I got Ethernet, bro. You needed to pay your. Oh, he's back. Wireless. Okay, I, you weren't. You weren't saying anything. Chris doesn't have video today, so I don't know what's going on. So he's probably just staring at me, staring at him. No, you're. You cut out because I got Ethernet at my parents' house right now. So. Okay, so what, where did I cut out at? Um, you were talking about Derek Lunsford, two twelve. Okay. So Derek Lunsford and Sean Clarita are the ones I'd look at there. Those are probably, you know, two staples that are what you should look at for bodybuilding. But yeah, so those are, like I said, guys, I will include um, everybody's Instagram that we've mentioned in the bio of this. So you can kind of look at some people and get an idea of what division you like the best. Like I said before, go to these NPC seminars. They are really worth actually going to. You'll learn a lot and obviously consult with your coach. Ultimately, your coach is going to make the right call of where they think you should be, but also be adaptable. Right, be willing to change if you need to, even at the last minute. Um, so, for that being said, we do appreciate and love all of you guys. We've gotten tons of five star reviews, not one star reviews, which is so sick. Um, if you would like to, which we'd appreciate it, please leave us a five star review on uh, Spotify and Apple. We're up to 91 five star reviews on Spotify, which is super cool. Um, like we've said before, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please reach out to either of us. If there are any topics you want us to talk about, we'd be more than happy to take those and put them in our next episode. Tyler, do you have any other tidbits of wisdom? He cut out again. Well, with that being said, guys, thank you for listening to the Modcast. Until next time.